Welcome back, everybody, to the Unregulated Podcast. This is episode number 69. Behave. Here on Thursday, February 3rd in the AEA studios. I am Tom Pyle. And I'm Mike McKenna. Damn glad to see you again, Mr. McKenna. It's only been, what, an hour <laughs> since gonna, we had lunch? I was going to say. Had lunch today. Having dinner today. It's a full, full, full day. All right. So, according to Puxatawney Phil, we have six more weeks of winter. Six more weeks of winter, everybody. Fortunately, I did a little bit of research. Yes. Phil has only been right about 10% of the time. So he is completely so... capable of being part of the climate change mafia. <laughs> <laughs> One other thing, too. I did a little bit more research, and sadly, I don't. I think they've been lying to us. Which one's the, the, about the, the climate change Phil. mafia or the gopher guys? The Yeah. I think the folks in Puxatawney have been pulling a fast one on us. I'd be shocked. About what? The average lifespan of a groundhog is approximately three years. Yeah. They have been switching out a groundhog on us. I hope so. I had no idea. I had a sense. (laughs) (laughs) All right. um, Have you ever been out there for that thing? No, I have not. Let me tell you. I have seen the movie with Bill Murray, however, so I feel like I've It doesn't quite catch her how freaking cold it gets out in the mountains of Pennsylvania. We did it one year at school, and let me tell you something. It's cold. It's cold. All right. Announcements? Have any announcements? Me? Yes, sir. Uh, no, I just want everybody who likes the show to review it and everybody who doesn't like it to call us up and complain. Well, I, I can a... actually do one better on that. Okay, go ahead. We have a dedicated email address now for the Unregulated oh, yeah. Podcast. That's right. I forgot about so that. So send your comments, questions, send us ideas, thoughts. Usually Nothing for, critical. Usually for my columns, I get hate mail. Fawn so us with all kinds out. of praise. Tell us how amazing we are at unregulated at energydc.org. That's unregulated at energydc.org. Or we'll just be checking keep, that every minute. Just, or just keep texting us, whatever comes into <laughs> your head. All right, I got a new, I got a, a little twist for, for this week. Yes. I did a little Today in History. You want to hear a couple of highlights? Well, it's February 3rd, right? February 3rd. So it's St. Blaise Day. Everyone gets your throat blessed. So other than that, other than other than the death of St. Blaise, what else happened today? Um, on this day in history, three very talented rock stars died when their plane went down in the field. Oh, that's of right. Iowa. Buddy Holly. Buddy Holly. Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, and JP, the big bopper. Yeah, I forgot it. February 3rd, 1959. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, you know the backstory here? The backstory of why they went up on the, the plane? The bus broke down. Yeah, the bus broke down. And then they just, Holly they chartered a plane. He, the big bopper, had a flu. So he convinced yeah. a band member by the name of Waylon Jennings. Yeah. To give up his seat for him so he can get rest. And Richie Valens won the coin toss. Lost the coin toss. Or lost the coin toss, obviously, for the third seat on the plane. So yeah. So for those of you who have no idea who we're talking about, look up a couple of songs like Peggy Sue, maybe a little Oh Boy, Chantilly Lace. It's all good. La Bamba. A couple of great songs from those gentlemen died way before the time. And one other... On this day, and you'll you'll you can guess the year, maybe I don't know. U.S. troops captured the Marshall Islands. U.S. troops captured the Marshall Islands in 1943. 43. 
Maybe 44. 40, I think it was 44. I'm going to guess it was 43 because because it could have been 44. Yep, 44. So, okay, so those were, those were two highlights from US this day in history. The Marines, I think, um, did most of the business in the Marshall Islands. American forces. Under the command of Admiral Halsey. Admiral Raymond Spruance. Spruance. Ray Spruance, yeah. Yes, Admiral Raymond Spruance uh, took off from the, the fifth, led the fifth fleet from Pearl Harbor. Yeah, so Gyrenes. Good for so. good for Gyrenes, as always. Good for the Marines. Um, yeah, you know, one more shout out. Um, members of my family listen to this, and I know we're all thinking about this, and uh, we should be, but uh, I think Greg's going to be fine. Um, we have we have one of our number who's deployed out um, to the to the to the business end of the American uh, American uh, deployment in Eastern Europe. So. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm definitely adding. So, so adding we're thinking about that as well. Absolutely. Along. Anyway, what do we got? Didn't today? have to be that way. Didn't have to be that way. Uh, as my as my um, sister, his mother um, pointed out to me, these guys make these decisions and send these boys off into harm's way, and they don't seem to care. That's right. Anyway, and last I checked, we didn't have any uh, a lot of skirmishes uh, under the previous administration. And already here we are dealing with number two. So, hmm. They're busy. Buyer's remorse. Uh, today we had a nomination hearing for Sarah Bloom Raskin. Yeah. Uh, AEA, the American Energy Alliance, joined with the Competitive Enterprise Institute in sending a letter to the committee in opposition to her nomination to the Federal Reserve. What for? Hmm. She has said quite explicitly in the past that we shouldn't be investing in conventional energy energy resources namely natural gas coal and oil and sh and we should use the levers of power to do so very different but just by by we does she mean her and her husband the congressman or does she mean like everybody we, we the collective we but specifically her and the husband congressman hmm. um very different uh very different answers today at her at her questioning at a hearing before the banking committee Top Republican on the panel read a series of quotes from her previous writings and remarks that showed her calling the central bank to intervene in the energy sector. You're saying something different this morning, but that's not what you've been saying and writing for several years now. There's no reasonable reading of these articles and speeches that can come to a conclusion other than that you want to be allocating capital, capital away from those industries. Banks choose their own borrowers. The Fed does not, she said. The Fed should not pick winners and losers. Sounds like someone who's <laughs> doing another about face, oh, right? Oh man, you know. So we went from a avowed, like a declared communist. Sure, man. I didn't mean to, that. To just just a, you know, um, it's kind of sad. Yeah, I don't like, know. I'm not oh, sure what's going to happen here, but um, there won't be a vote on this for at least six weeks in on the floor of the Senate. Why? Because the Democrats no longer have 50 votes on yeah, the Senate floor. So Senator Ben Ray Lujan this week's recovering from a, a stroke that he had. Well, let's stop right there, right? We actually don't know that. Well, well I mean. What we know is he had a stroke. Okay. And what we know is that the staff has told us, not the doctors, the staff has told us it's going to be four to six weeks to recovery. Um, let's hope that's right. But anybody who's had any experience in this town um, – uh, was fully aware of the Mark Kirk 
and Senator Tim Johnson oh, experience, yes, good right? Point. In both yeah, cases, very good point. One Republican, one Democrat. In both cases, I don't want to say that the um, the, the offices lied to everybody, but the offices uh, minimized the extent of the problem, and um, it only became apparent much much later, much further down the road. So yeah, I'm hoping that it's four to six. Weeks. Uh, he's a young man. He's a young man. He's 49 it, years it, old. It you know it it's. There was apparently swelling in his brain. He had to have decompressive surgery. We obviously wish him a, a I think full you and recovery. I talked about this, what, like yesterday? It, it, it's one of my great fears. I'm, I'm more afraid of a stroke than a heart attack, right? Um, so I hope he's doing good. Um, but, but this he, certainly does complicate the agenda yet yet even further for the Senate <laughs> Democrats. One, one ugly reporter um, asked me this morning. He said, "You know, they really weren't going to do anything in the in those six weeks anyway, were they?" <laughs> I'm like, hey, "Well, they were going to try at least." Well, the White House was. The White House said, "Hey, we're going to have a Supreme Court nominee done in a month, right?" They said, "We're going to have it on the same timetable as as um, Justice Barrett. She was she was nominated and done in 30 days, right?" Um, that's out, right? Even if they coughed up somebody tomorrow, they they need everybody um, pointing in the same direction now. They could pick up. Break. They could pick up some Collins. Maybe could. they could pick up but, Lisa Murkowski. But you're also assuming there's no hiccup with the nominee, right? They don't. They sure. don't pick up a stub their toes somewhere along them. Um, the other thing that it complicates is Democratic leadership has to make some kind of decision here shortly about what they're going to do about reconciliation. Are they going to try to do it this year and wrap it up? Or are they going to um, go ahead and do an FY23 budget resolution and do an omnibus, right, and and try to buy off the Republicans at the end with earmarks? Um, this but, whole thing's leaning towards a year NCR. I think for sure. Well, I think it's leaning towards a. I think it's leaning towards a year in omnibus, right? We're going to have all that tax stuff and earmarks in it. Okay, let me clarify. It's leading towards a CR to the end of the year. To the end of the year, yeah, 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 yeah. And which they'll they'll defer everything probably in a lame duck, right? Uh, yeah, I think it's possible. the The tricky thing is, is that you know the omnibus is going to require sixty, you know, sixty, right? You're going to need ten Republicans. Um, you could do another reconciliation, but wow, that'd be tough. Um, much easier to buy folks off and try to minimize the damage. BBB I, is, I, has been it's, <laughs> I, I, Senator Manchin has take, dusted off the rifle from his cap and trade ad when he first ran not. for Senate and put yet another bullet in BBB and yet everyone keeps saying, oh, you know, maybe we'll take another bite at this. Yeah, this thing is this thing is dead, dead or dead. So only question is what pieces are going to remain, right? The only fear I have is if you if you turned off the television with 13 seconds left in the Bills Chiefs game, you would assume that the Bills won. So we can't let our guard down on it for sure. Yeah, it it, it I'm not really lying awake at nights worrying about it. Um, you know, nothing's going to happen until um, Senator Luhan gets back from Albuquerque under any set of circumstances. That's right. Um, and you know, we're we're given the actuarial composition of the Senate. Um, yeah, you know, we could have more of these, right? On both sides. Yes, so it's not, on both it's not, sides. It's not yes. not at all clear to me what's uh, in the House too, and so. the House. Uh, okay, so just one quick thing on SCOTUS on the yeah. Supreme Court deal. I mean, yeah, everyone's making a big to do about who you know who he's going to pick, and he sort of boxed himself in with an African American woman. I think that the majority leader should at least sort of when he's making an impassioned speech on the Senate floor should at least get some of his facts right or at least have sort of a, yeah. a command of history 
This is what he said. And amazing, until 1981, this powerful body, the Supreme Court, was all white men. Imagine. America wasn't all white men in 1981 or ever. Justice Thurgood Marshall yeah, that's what I thought was, was an African-American who was a point confirmed to the court in 1967. Okay, I was going to say Marshall was so, on the court, Yeah, right? 67, 81, you know, I get the point, but, I mean, it's a basic fact. He's, you know, he is what he is, right? So, I mean, you know, Ch Ch Senator Schumer is... Look, the mere fact that we're sitting here talking about they need to make a decision about the reconciliation or omnibus or this, that, the other thing, and they don't have a, they're not, they don't even have the FY twenty two probe you, you, squared away. You, if if you it, sat around, if we sat around in this in this room and recorded a podcast in January, which we did, but we didn't have this conversation, and we said, what would be an ideal situation? What would it be? It would be that they wrangle around and fight amongst themselves yeah. to try and get more than they're capable of getting in the climate that we're in and get absolutely nothing done Well, I mean, the, the, in a year and a month from when he was sworn in. Well, you think about it. Yeah. I mean, that's partially the administration. It's partially Senator and then Schumer. And then add, it, add to it these poll numbers across the board. Yeah. I mean, you think about it. Um, the Republicans pulled him out of the ditch on infrastructure. And McConnell pulled him out of the ditch personally on the debt ceiling. Uh, right. Um, you know, if those two things hadn't happened, God only knows how bad this thing would have been. It, it, it. I don't know if he's the worst Senate majority leader <laughs> I've ever seen, but he's got to be. He's got to be in the top one or two. Worst. Except for Harry Reid, although yeah. he, you could big, argue he was effective. I was going to say I'm not a right. big. I'm not a big Harry Reid fan. He was just the worst person in the world. I'm not a big Harry Reid fan, but he's better. Um, he was better at this than than. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Even maybe Bill Frist might have been a little bit better at this. Uh, I'm not sure we're allowed to say anything <laughs> bad about Bill Frist because you know he, his guys, his guys are still floating around. They might take it personally. All right, shifting gears, gas prices. Let me play clips from Dr. Fox Frist, yeah. Business. Here we are. Energy costs reaching multi-year highs, leaving consumers to pay the price. The skyrocketing prices impacting heating bills and prices at the pump. Yep. As you know. Yep. Jeff Barka from our sister network, Fox Business, our favorite sister, joins us live from Glenside, Pennsylvania. Jeff. Brian, uh, Ainsley, Steve, good morning to you. You know, a lot of people in the administration think that the sun is the future of our energy needs, but unfortunately the sun is not shining this morning. As you report, the cost for what we use today for energy is through the roof. Let's start with the gas prices. We're here in the uh, Philadelphia suburbs. Uh, what's it say back there? 353. That's a little more than the national average. Take a look at the numbers. 341 today, up a penny from yesterday, up a nickel from last week, up uh, a dime from from last month and up a dollar from last year. Underpinning that, of course, oil prices. Uh, just uh, two months ago, we were $65 a barrel. Today, we are $88 a barrel and climbing on concerns about Ukraine as well as demand and not enough supply. Similar situation with that gas. In the short term, that's gone up real high. Janice reported about the cold weather. Uh, it's measured, measured in a million British thermal units. And if you look at those numbers, up 55% in the last two months. No matter how you cut it, whether we drive our cars or heat our homes, we're paying more and not spending money on anything else, apparently. Yeah, that, that was a fairly incoherent and rambling thing. I guess the point of it is energy prices are higher. Yeah, I okay. thought I would... 
you know, set the stage for the conversation. I just wanted I to. I just, you, are you implying I should cut back on the clips? Is no, that what no, you're going with this? No, no, I was just this? saying he, that guy kind of wandered around a little bit, is what I'm implying. Okay, all right, all right. It wasn't, it wasn't at me then, okay. No, no, no. Okay, it, was, fair it, was, it was like, dude, the sun is our energy sort. Dude, just, yeah. you want to say gas? are up across the board. Thanks. Brent is a, a near $90 a barrel. Uh, the last time we had a tweet from Ron Klain is on lower gas prices. Is it near 90 or is it over 90 now? I think it's, it's near. I know it's ballpark, yeah. yeah. Uh, was about five weeks ago when he was bragging about all the the, the gas, you know, the the lower lower price thanks to his bold move of of releasing some oil in the strategic reserve. It's a bold move. So here we are, greenflation hitting everyone hard. Jobs report not not so good. Well, I mean, but the president's gonna slash cancer deaths by fifty percent in twenty five years. And he's going to go to the Ukraine. And right now he's in New York talking about gun violence, right? So there's a lot of stuff going on that has nothing to do with anything people care about. All right. Uh, speaking of that, which is going on, um, I'm going to play one more clip. And don't yell at me. It's a, just a setup clip. But it's from today. So it's NBC. So it's not Fox. Yay. New numbers this week show the nation's most populated city battling a brutal crime wave. The NYPD's latest data shows crime is up 38% overall in New York City this year, with shootings up 32%, transit crime up 70%, and car thefts jumping a staggering 93%. In January, 25 police officers were shot nationwide, five in New York City alone, including two fatally. I love you, baby bro. And I will always miss you. One of them, Officer Wilbert Mora, was laid to rest Wednesday. He was killed alongside his partner, Officer Jason Rivera, while responding to a domestic violence call. An ocean of officers shouldn't have the line streets for the second time in five days to mourn the appalling loss of a 27-year-old son and brother. Joe Biden up in New York City today. Yeah. Side by side with the new mayor, talking crime, tough on crime. Uh, they're not talking crime. They're talking about gun violence. Yeah, one of their stuff. I'm sorry, I have, uh, he's let got me clarify gun violence. He's got you know, like gun violence. Like somehow some random gun shot those two cops, right? Yeah. Um, and he's going to go to a community center to talk about the effect of gun violence on community centers. I guess again, like something like like that has anything that is somehow connected to the death of these officers more than what in fact is responsible for the death of these officers and that is for the last for the last year and a half the, okay you i i argue it has been going on since the last year of the obama yeah, administration well, I, with I'm, a slight pause i'm going to pick i'm going to pick but but i'll give you the I'm year pick and a half i'm going to pick this acceleration since, since, we, acceleration since of the we ignored defund. since we ignored law and order in the wake of the george in the wake of the george floyd um homicide right um it's been really bad and the police have been the targets everywhere and um a good column in the Washington Times argues today that the Democrats— By whom? I don't know. Um, that the Democrats are not, in fact, anti-police, that they are pro—let me amend this real quick. That the progressives are not anti-police. They are, in fact, um, pro-criminal. The, and, there's and, a... and there's no way to think about this. But other than that, if you think about everything the progressive prosecutors have done, including the guy in New York— it has all been directionally in favor of the criminals, not against the police. It's been in favor of the criminals. They are pro-criminals, and I believe it's because um, progressivism 
wants to reduce confidence in institutions. They, they, they want the disorder, the chaos. And how do they benefit from that? They, they imagine they're going to be the solution. Yeah, solutioners. The this is the segment of the show where, where I point this out that. segment of the show where we go insane. The Democrats create the problem, and then we have the problem. Yeah, man. And they run around pretending that they, they either care or have a solution to the problem. Yeah. And this is exactly what's going on. And, of course, as you mentioned, he's pivoting and saying it's guns that are that are the problem. Uh, by the way, uh, I don't have the uh, I don't have the sound bites, but apparently he said that Glocks with 40 rounds are weapons of war. Oh, for God's he sake. said you couldn't own is cannons. Is this today? Yes, this was today. You couldn't own cannons when the Second Amendment was passed. Do they – I got a question. Do they shoot cannons off at, like, sports games and stuff like that? And then – the last one is the gun manufacturers are the only industry in America that are exempt from being sued. Those were his three uh, top top line facts, yeah. quote unquote. You know, it's a perfect example of what we're talking about, right? Two police officers are gunned down, um, trying to solve a domestic dispute by a by a um, by a man who's then shot himself. The president's going to make this about gun control, nothing to do with anything. There've been seven police. Uh, officer-involved shooting, seven officers shot in New York City in the last 33 days. It, it's not because there are any more guns than there were 34 days ago. Yeah, and it, we didn't even talk about D.C. and the, the poor victim of another carjacking in the middle of, yeah, the so, like, during dinner hour. Yeah, so yesterday, this is especially alarming because it's in the neighborhood I'm in in D.C., right? At the corner of 4th and F Northeast, for those of you who are familiar with it, it's a street up, it's a block up from Ebenezer's, that coffee house at, uh, at obviously 3rd and F. Um, it, it, at 6 o'clock last night, a mother and a child were carjacked at 4th and F. Like I said, it's a block down from Ebenezer's, it's a block from the SEC, it's right at the corner of an elementary school there. It is as boring a residential neighborhood as you can get in the district carjacking it it clipping along at a pretty good rate in january we're hitting about one a day if you just, if you average it out it's just so. a matter of, just a matter of time till somebody gets killed um meanwhile the the advice that the white house has received from the progressive community is that you've been ignoring us and not going on our podcasts and so circleback decided to take their advice and she um on the eve of the visit of joe biden's visit to new york she had this lovely thing to say. If you look at Fox on a daily basis, I mean, do you remember the four boxes that you had that we had on all the TVs, right? Which mm -hmm. is on my TV right now. So right now, just to give you a sense, so CNN, Pentagon, as many as 8,500 U.S. troops on heightened alert. Okay, true. Same on MSNBC. CNBC is doing their own thing about the market. And then on Fox is Janine Pirro talking about soft on crime consequences. I mean, what, what does that even mean? Right. Um, so there's <laughs> an alternate universe on some uh, coverage. Ha ha ha. What does that even mean? Well, I'm starting to. Well, I'm starting. Yeah, I know. We you're, started to have fun with this this particular. We're, you we're know, getting a little sour. But as I'm it's getting going on. a little sour. Ha, 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 what does that even mean? Sucky. Here's what it means, Jen. It means a woman and her child get carjacked at 6 p.m. at night in an otherwise safe neighborhood, or what used to be an otherwise safe neighborhood in Washington D.C. That's what it means. Here's what it means: a 22-year-old New York City police officer, 
now upgraded to First Detective Rivera, get shot to death along with his partner. That's what it means. But you don't care about any of that stuff because you don't live in any of those places. Hey, you know, I try um, to think the best of everybody. I try not to get uh, mad at people. But this woman, Ms. Pisaki, yeah, she's is making get it a, very she's, difficult. You're gonna ride this out until what? Like spring, and then and then she said she was go leaving work after, for like Amazon or something. She said she was leaving after a year, right? Yeah. So she's at her year already. Right. So uh, any any I'm, time I'm now, looking she's putting papers in. I'm looking forward to your you new assume, assignment. You assume there's going to be somebody better. For all we know, I, I don't even care. I mean, that, Trump I mean, is right. They shouldn't even have this thing, other than it gives us stuff to to talk about on the podcast. Well, you know, you you want the argument for the other side? Sure. The White House press corps is going to write about something. You might as they might as well write about what you feed them, right? Right. Laziest press corps in America. They sit out there and like do nothing, and you know they write down whatever happens. Well, then when they do press you, though, you get called the son of a bitch. Yeah. But that's okay because when Trump did it, it was like pandemonium, right? It it it, it, it like the the liberal TikTok, the libs on TikTok blew up. But would Trump would Trump understood that that I you know guys like me don't really haven't fully embedded in our thinking yet is, um, he made the news right he he whatever of course. whenever right there was no tempo to it he did it when he yep, felt like it which absolutely. is why which is why he looked he at didn't it play like, the ball the game where okay let's get our our press conference right. in so they can file by three That's so right. the editors can That's come right. in. That's Taint it all up with their bias and yeah. blah, blah, and, blah, 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 blah. And, and, you know, and, and he made them work. And that's why he was like, let's just put them over across the way in the yeah. OEOB and like yeah. just yeah. don't yeah. do anything for them. And, and I I don't know. I, I kind of go back and forth on it, right? I, I'm not sure yeah. which is the right answer. All right. So so all of this being said, this is MSNBC. This yes. is not Fox. This is the world that Jan Psaki lives in. And this is how folks are viewing Joe Biden's handling of crime. Let's look at the polling on this issue and Biden approval on key issues, handling of gun violence, 69% disapprove, handling of crime, 64% disapprove. I mean, those are those are pretty bad numbers for President Biden. His approval rating in general isn't so great. And part of the issue is because crime is up in, in at least some big cities. I know you just mentioned a few words down. But the perception out there that that things are getting out of control post pandemic isn't doing him any favors. You're right, and those are serious uh, numbers, and that, that's a real problem for the president. Between the economy and this this views of his handling of crime, it's yeah. He, he, this is where I wonder about polling, right? <laughs> um, uh, who are the thirty percent that oh, say he's doing a good job? You know, they're they're the, the same thirty yeah, yeah, percent that yeah. support they're, him. They're the last of the true believers. I'm right. okay with that, right? As as I as we as we established a couple of weeks ago, his his floor is thirty three percent, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, no, what I was going to say is, everybody in this business this, this may be just a more business way. Everybody in this business, and that's the horrible thing about it. Um, the problem is his poll numbers. Yeah. No. No. The problem is he's not yeah, doing his job. Yeah, that's the but problem. The, the other problem is the poll is numbers are just a, are just an indicator of that. Yeah, and he's also completely oblivious to what people it, care about, it, as as yeah, evidenced by his but, his press secretary. But, but I mean, you know, you get on these, you so, know, these people get on these TV shows. Yeah, that's bad for the president. How about the dead people? Yeah. Was it bad for them? And the people, you know, who are worried about the economy. How about the guys who are getting their lives chewed up by inflation? Isn't it bad for them? Oh, it's bad for the president. Poll numbers are bad for the president. That is the least important part of that story. 
The least important part of that story. Hey, so some rich white dude is having bad poll numbers. Like, oh, that's bad. That's grim. Yeah, it's just. I don't know, man. Things feel like they're just coming to a head it's, here. It's so know? bad for him. He's only going to have to fly off to Delaware and Marine One and Air Force One this weekend. I, I mean, mean, he's going to spend more time, you know, going out there and making his case for his agenda. Uh, Which, by the way, March 1st <laughs> is the State of the Union. We're still trying to figure out what he's going to say. Oh, I think I know what he's going to say. He's going he's gonna to argue. He's going to talk about the January 6th commission. Right. He's going to argue that uh, job creation has been good for the last year, which is true. But I will point out we're still um, have fewer jobs, fewer people working than we did in, in March of 2020. Um, and he's um, going to argue about he's going to talk about infrastructure. I believe that's what he's going to do. But what's he yeah. going to do? What's he going to do for the other 40 you minutes know, of the speech? I have no idea. You know, that the uh, mayor, of course, uh, lift uh Extended the mask mandate until the 28th. 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 Mm, how convenient. Yeah, right, right up. Lifted up right before the State of the Union. Well, you saw you saw that Speaker Pelosi, it's been reported Speaker Pelosi is going to limit attendance in the hall to only 25 Republicans and let's assume 35 Democrats. This theater, like this is, this is well, COVID they, they, theater. She can't, it's, it's she, insane. She can't, she can't do that. Compared to who who's attending football games? Of course. We're going to have the Super Bowl. But, but it, she can't... Um, that would be a mistake because that that room is built to to comfortably hold six seven hundred people, and if you got a hundred people in it, with Biden, it's going to look like some sad um, Times Square porno shop from the nineteen seventies <laughs> where there's like you twelve know people in there. Who's gonna? He, she's gonna handpick her own people of who course. are all average age of like seventy seven hundred years old. old it, right? It's going to be the saddest, and most lethargic be thing the representative ever. sample of. Of the Democratic it, Party. If if I were the president and that's what I was looking at, I would seriously have the State of the Union in the East Room yeah. of the White House. Just, Just call everybody up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cause because the, the idea the idea be. of having an empty yeah. chamber um with, yeah. with uh, as you point out, um, thirty, you know, three dozen septuagenarians is terrible. Speaking of football games, so apparently the governor of California, <laughs> the mayor of, of San Francisco, and the mayor of Los Angeles were hanging out with some Hobnobbing with some rich and famous like Irving Magic Johnson, unmasked, took nice happy photos without masks. I'm surprised. I'm amazed. So Go Gavin's Gavin's right stepped right back into it. it. Someone said, "When's the last time you weren't wearing a mask?" He's like, "French Laundry." Yeah. So. <laughs> Thanks. But you know, fortunately for us, Mara Garcetti is a man. It, he he is an expert in COVID. And and also really just wants to help the people when they want to take a picture with him, without a mask, he's got to comply. He's got to he's got to do gotta his comply, thing. Man. He's got to comply. So what is his what's his answer? I'm used to uh, criticism as a public figure. I've been wearing a mask the entire game long. People want a picture. I hold my breath. Zero risk. <laughs> he lifted the mask on went like this. I hold my breath. Zero risk. He probably needs to hold his breath more. Longer. Longer, Mayor. Longer. How about, uh, how about, how about Magic Johnson? Isn't he immunocompromised? The COVID hypocrisy never ends, ladies and gentlemen. It never ends. It's nice theater, but we're all done with it. Ask the Canadians. Yes, uh, yes. Our friends in Canada are showing us Americans 
what it means to stand up for your freedom. Friends in where? Canada? Our Canadian friends, our friends in Canada. Our, our, our friends who, who who's like gave us Senator uh, Secretary Granholm, yeah. So that's where we're at, ladies and gentlemen. Huge convoy of truckers and farmers fighting against vaccine mandates in Canada and Nancy Pelosi shutting down the House of Representatives uh, for the State of the Union. All right, I'm going to play this segment, and I look forward to your thoughts and comments. I have no thoughts. Eileen Gu is 18 years old. She's a skier. She was born in San Francisco. She's a favorite to win several gold medals in the Winter Olympics in China this year, but she's not going to be competing for the country of her birth or her citizenship. Instead, she's going to be on China's Olympic team. She has one parent who was born in China, and she switched sides despite the fact she's American. What does this tell us about the moment we're living in and about our future? Will Kane is the co-host of Fox and Friends Weekend. He's also the host of the Will Kane podcast, which is excellent. He joins us now. Hey. Thanks for coming on. This seemed like a significant story. We got to get him on. Do you think on. that it is? I think it is. I think it's a significant story if we consider that it's about something much bigger than Eileen Goo. Right. First, exactly. with Eileen Goo. I mean, it is, it, it is incredibly, I think the only word we can arrive at is ungrateful for her to betray, turn her back on the country that not just raised her, but but turned her into a world-class skier with All training right, facilities that, that only enough. the United States of America can provide. For her to then turn her back on that in exchange for money is shameful. It's ungrateful like a child that says, I'm out of here. I'm moving somewhere else after being raised. Hold on. That's what she is. And she will soon, I suspect, Tucker, come to regret it. I mean, take a look at the Chinese tennis player who dared to speak out about sexual harassment and then mysteriously Peng disappeared. Eileen Gu, I think, has had to sacrifice her American passport. So welcome to China. I hope stardom and the the riches that you have earned through betraying America are all uh, worth it okay. because you have definitely sold out. Okay. Is well, that, that's exactly that it? it. And look, I, you know, this this girl's 18. You know, you make dumb decisions. You get stupid tattoos. You renounce your citizenship to go to China. Whatever. You know, young people do dumb things. <laughs> But there should be collective revulsion as we watch this. Like, we shouldn't make it easy for people to betray their own country, should we? That's plenty. I've, I've heard, I've heard everything I want to hear. It's much bigger than her. Yeah. Okay, here's my reaction. This is why people hate people on the right. Because that guy... I don't know who he might be. I never heard of this guy. I'm sure he's an important man in in his own circle. He's got a podcast, just of like course we do. He, well, not just like but us. Nowhere near the viewership that we have. Yeah, I'm well, sure. You know it. It. Um, here's the problem: um, the United States did not um, make this lady a skier. She made herself no, a skier. I, I, I get that. And you know what? And what she owes the United States is not necessarily to ski in the Olympics for 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 the the for America, right? I get it. You would prefer that she did, but she doesn't owe it to us, right? Um, how many Olympics do people go um, um, compete in for Puerto Rico or New Yorkers? Right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, but I mean, so so. She, let, On let the other hand, let me finish the clip. Oh, no. Let me There's finish more? the clip. Yes, just let me finish the clip. Yay. Look, she's supported by, she's sponsored by Victoria's Secret, Louis Vuitton, the Chinese companies like Ultra, which uses Chinese forced labor to bring in cotton to make the shoes and athletic apparel that these athletes make money off of. And these corporate CEOs, somewhat tied to the point you were making a little bit earlier about the, the inherent weakness in American corporations, and I would add to that, the inherent immorality of 
capitalism devoid from a moral principled grounding is what we're looking at here because there's not an american company honestly tucker there's very few american companies that wouldn't and haven't already done the same thing as eileen Gu. they've already turned their back on the united states of america in exchange for chinese riches and that's why she's a symbol you want to look at something to be really upset about it's not the ungrateful child of america it's the corrupt and weak corporations of america okay See, now, finish a little stronger. Well, yeah, and and see, once he, I mean, he's still kind of he, he, re, he kind I, of like worked. His I'm, way sure, to, I'm sure. I'm sure. Once so. I'm sure. Once he once he transitions through puberty, that voice will get a little bit deeper, <laughs> and you know, he might start shaving every day and become a Links? man. Um, is he wearing long pants yet, or Zoinks? is he still in his knickers? Zoinks. Um, the uh, yeah, and that's what I was going to say is that the real problem here is is that. Um, she has lots of incentives to do what she's doing, right? Because American companies are paying her a bunch of money and the Chinese companies are going to pay her a bunch of money. And my very strong sense is is that, you know, three, four, five years down the road, we're going to get a, a tearful, you know, today show sequence on right right on, uh, i made, made a mistake, mistake and, and i was a you know i was young and inexperienced and i, and I didn't realize that the chinese honor my mother i didn't realize the chinese were a bunch of murdering savages but it, hey it turns out they are yeah and um you know it, it she's not gonna give any of the money back though just so you know <laughs> just i <laughs> no. just want to tell you that right now and and the 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 15 year old that Tucker had on, um, he, you know, he's right about one thing, right? American companies, not all, but some are, are profoundly, um, contaminated by this. Larry this Fink. Everybody. I Nike. Mean, Intel. Well, just think about the, the biggest, the biggest sponsors of the game are Intel, Apple and Coca-Cola, yeah. right? hundred million bucks, hundred million bucks. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's a, it is the distinguishing characteristic of this cold war that we are that we are in in which we are you know they we are, the chinese are not the russians the chinese understand that our weakness is not Stuff. is not military is not backbone is not political our weakness is everybody likes to make a buck in this country mm-hmm. and doesn't ask too many questions about where it comes from that's right and um, it's too hard to to find a product not made or sourced Right now in China, I'm looking for in part because the companies, as you mentioned last podcast, have had m- plenty of time to to try to fix that problem. Right. Exactly, and they don't want to offend this this particular regime because of the of the dollar signs. Yeah, you know, Lenin, Lenin, Lenin was right, but on a really long fuse. Right, the the, the capitalists will hang us the rope with which we hang them. It will sell us the rope with which we hang them. Um, and he imagined that the Russians were going to do it. Who knew the Chinese were going to do it? Well, it? Not too late. We're not. We're not too late. Yeah. You know, I wish evil on nobody, but I hope that Miss Gu is unsuccessful in all of her races. I'm not. I'm not even going to watch. So I don't, I'm not sure I'm going to be tracking the outcome. I'm not going to so. be watching either. Um, even though I do like the American skier, the young lady who's. Um, Kayla Schifrin, who's pretty good, like like Babe Ruth kind of thing. This this uh, um, real quick, this uh, article I, I picked up from Yahoo News. It was actually um, re- reposted from the from HuffPost. Republicans have no clear agenda. They might win control of Congress anyway. <laughs> 
Republicans are steaming toward congressional majorities in both chambers as dissatisfaction with President Joe Biden's agenda rises and the GOP dreams of a 2010-style wipeout of the Democratic Party. What will, they do if it actually, what will they do if they actually get there? Well, mm, it depends. They're not totally sure. They might have something for you soon. Asked last week what was in the Republicans' agenda if they regain control of Congress, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell flatly told reporters, That's a very good question, and I'll let you know when we take it back. I'll let you know when we come up with something. Um, you know I have... Drip, drip, drip. The slow drip continues. You know I have nothing but respect I know. for Minority Leader McConnell. Um but this is not what he does well. He 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 plays defense well. Um, he plays process well, but he doesn't play policy terribly well. And you know, one of his one of his guys one of his guys once told me that, you know, um, process will beat policy a hundred times out of a hundred. I'm like, okay. And then at the end of the day, what do you get to say? That's right. All right, well, we look forward to uh, a different answer to that question from Mitch McConnell at some point <laughs> here in the, in the near distant you're future. Gonna, you're going to wait a while for a different answer to that question. <laughs> and I can't say that I'm upset that the Senate Democrats will be tied up in knots for another six to eight weeks. It, 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 a risk of a going ri- well. It's going well. A risk of not so good for the country at the moment, but oh, I think it's going fine for the country. Uh, well, I don't. I don't. Feel oh, like oh you mean I? I mean, folks. What I meant was, I'm pretty confident. If you know, we could do with a Congress that was only in session 30 days a year. If we, if yes, we, you know, that would be that would be perfectly adequate for the United States. If we had better governance in the executive branch. All right. Well, I'm I'm out. I'm done. What right, do who's who's going to win the Super Bowl? I'm going with the Bengals. I mean, you can change this next week, but I just want to get it out there. I'm going with the Bengals. Give me and a- I'm barely like. Commit. I'm not really invested at this point. So yeah, I'm not ready to think about it yet. I like yeah. Cooper Cup quite a bit, but I too think that Joe Burrow is just he's he. I don't know if this is a career thing or just a this season thing. We'll see. But right? he's he's got something right. The only problem with the Bengals is that god awful helmet. It's just ugh, I got no problem with the helmet. So now, I'm so not bad. a you know they. The thing I like about Burrow is. He's an Ohio kid, right? This All is right. this is a thing to him, right? So you're holding, you're deferring your prediction to next week. I am, but okay. right now, right now, I'll pick the Bengals. Let's All just right. let's just review last weekend real quick. You went zero and two. I went one and one. I did go zero and two. So for the so for the postseason, I am now three and three. Um, unfortunately, you were two and four. Yeah, that's Sorry. right. Well, that I, the safe thing for me to do is pick the same as the Super Bowl. That way, I I go. You know. you're, guaranteed, you're guaranteed to win. Yes. What are you going to win, by the way? I don't you know. Know. The love and affection <laughs> of all to, mankind. To, to rub it in my face love. for the rest of the year. Because we know that's going to happen. All right. So um, I can't even remember what I had for lunch today. All right. That's a wrap. But I do want to close with uh, some insightful and thoughtful words from President Biden at this morning's National Prayer Breakfast. You know, when you know one another... When you know, and no matter how badly you disagree, and people think, Reb, that uh, in the days that's divided here, we had we had a lot of flat-out old segregation that's still in our caucus. What? And Teddy Kennedy would argue like hell with Jim Eastland, and they'd go down and have lunch. Didn't agree with one another, but they treated each other with respect even that day. You know, <laughs> when you know one another. What? <laughs> 
good How do you get Lord. away with that? How, uh, how do you get away with that? Oh. And that is a wrap, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Probably to everything in our lives. <laughs> Peace out. Until next week. Namaste. Namaste.